Hey, I'm Andy, and today we're going to talk about thinking differently about the word repent. Well, hey, I'm Andy. Welcome to my podcast. Thanks so much for checking this out. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple, Google, Spotify, however you're taking in this content, thank you for being a part. And if you're watching this, take a second, hit the subscribe button on either platform, YouTube or on a podcast. Let me know that you're watching and then do me a favor and listen to it all the way through. Watch it on YouTube all the way through. That really helps with our analytics, and it actually puts this in front of that much more people. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, I want to talk to you about a word today, but before we talk about this word repent or repentance, I want to talk about kind of the history of language in general. You know, one of the things that's interesting about words is they kind of take on a life of their own. I don't know if you've noticed that that one word can mean one thing 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and they mean something completely different several decades later or even a year later. And I think about things that are classic that I grew up with that had one meeting at one season, in one season, but now means something completely different. One of those things I think about is Christmas songs, right? Like when we sing the phrase, Don Me Now, Our Gay Apparel, like that's not talking about Christmas and drag. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not talking about that. In the time that that song was written, uh, gay meant happy. It wasn't talking about somebody's sexual orientation. It just meant to be happy. Words take on a, a life of their own. Another word that you might be surprised has a different meaning is the word fudge, which I actually am very fond of because I like fudge. How, how many of y'all like fudge? I like fudge. Like, I am a fudge person. I, I enjoy a good, especially if there's like some, some nuts or something in there, um, or caramel, caramel in fudge is fantastic, but fudge has a different meaning. Fudge's original meaning was to tell a lie, to fudge something meant to tell a lie. Now I've heard it used that way before, but most of the time when I think about fudge, I'm thinking about something I eat. I'm not thinking about whether or not I'm lying. Another word that illustrates this point is the word flux. Now, flux, when we use it, uh, other than, you know, like in Back to the Future with the flux capacitator, right? Uh, the the flux, ca flux capacitor, is it flux capacitator? Something like that. Anyway, flux capacitator, you know, that, that thing in Back to the Future in the DeLorean. I love DeLorean. By the way, I got a lot of info from a friend of mine who's kind of a DeLorean geek about how uh, sad uh, those DeLorean cars actually were, which, which broke my heart a little bit. But anyway, the word flux to mean coming in and out of something or for something to be in a state of flux, we would think about something that go, uh, jumps up and then comes down. However you view it, the word flux actually originally was a medical term that referred to people with diarrhea or dysentery. That's that's awkward, right? Like that's, that's pretty gross. It has no direct connection to the word as we would use it today. Another word that you might think probably has never meant something different is the word silly, right? Like that's a pretty easy to think about word that just be someone being silly. It actually has a very different meaning. One of the things that it means or it meant originally was to be blessed or worthy. Now we don't use it in that context at all all anymore. However, that is what it originally meant. I'll give you one more. Let's check this one out. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a great one. Um, a leech, to say that someone is a leech or to say that something is a leech, we know that term because it's the little weird thing that you pull out of lakes or when you come out of a lake are generally on you and they're stuck to your skin because they're sucking your blood or whatever. That term, being a leech, actually used to mean a healer, like something that would help heal you. Now, that might be because a lot of people used to think that leeches sucking uh, on your arm actually brought healing. But using that term as a descriptive word used to mean healer. There's a lot of different words that we can look at and say, man, it used to mean this, and now it means this. But we have to understand that original definitions do matter, especially when we're talking about words in Scripture. And for a lot of us, when we hear the word repent, we think of word, or we think of thoughts maybe about turning away from sin, about choosing to say I'm sorry for sin, or something like that. We also might think about the passage that we're going to look at today, which is Mark chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is telling people to repent. Now, when we see this word repent in scripture, most of us have a really clear definition in our mind, and that is asking for forgiveness of our sin. We've, we've all done this at some point. If you grew up in church, you know what it's like to go down front after raising your hand in a service, having some prayer maybe at an altar call, or just meeting someone for prayer at the front of the building, repenting of sin or asking forgiveness of sin, and then walking away with the assurance that that happened. Now, I'm not dogging that at all. I have very good memories of having an altar call experience, and I believe in the power of praying with people uh, through issues or even asking forgiveness in an agreement with somebody in prayer. I think that those are good things. But that's not necessarily what this word repent means or what repentance means in the New Testament. When Jesus said repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he is not simply saying Ask forgiveness for your sin, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying something much bigger and much more important. This word that we translate as repent or repentance in the New Testament literally means think differently. Not ask for forgiveness, not go down front to an altar, none, none of that. Think differently. So when Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying think differently for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is important because what that doesn't mean is that we shouldn't ask for forgiveness. I've, I've had this conversation with several people over the years, and they kind of reduce it to the extreme and say, well, does that mean I don't need to ask for forgiveness for sin? I think there's actually something very healthy that comes out of going to Jesus. And even though he's already forgiven us of sin, saying, you know what, God, forgive me. I messed up here. I made a bad decision. For, forgive that mistake, God. Forgive that sin. I think that there's something good that comes out of that. But if we reduce the word repent to asking for forgiveness, we'll actually miss the much broader part of the word. Now, how did we get to this understanding of repentance? I think there's a lot of different reasons why we have the understanding that we do, but I think you can boil it down to one, one idea, and that is this. We spend a lot of 
energy on the function instead of the foundation. Function is important. Understanding what logistically to do is an important thing. But the foundation matters more than the function. And if we just understand the function, we'll actually miss the much bigger piece that God desires to instill in us. Now, let's talk about function versus foundation. Let's talk about something I love to do, eat. I love to eat. I love to cook, eat, all everything that has to do with food. I'm all about it. And one of the things that's important to understand is that there's a function of eating, but there's also a foundation of eating. For instance, my kids need to learn that you use a fork and a knife and a spoon when you sit down and eat food. And depending on the type of food that you're eating, it will tell you what part or what silverware to use, right? Like what type of silverware to use. But they also need to understand foundationally, eating's important. Eating matters. Like there's health and nutrition and, and different pieces to um, how we eat and what we eat that really do matter. It's not an, it's not just learning the function of eating. It's learning the foundation of eating. If all my kids know about eating is that I need to do it and that I need like to shove food down my throat, they may have horrible eating habits the rest of their life. But if I teach my kids that there are things like food groups that they need to understand and that there's a calorie amount that you should eat. There's an amount that you should eat every day. You shouldn't undereat. You shouldn't overeat. You should figure out what's healthy to eat on a regular basis. All of those things, when I understand it foundationally, it makes a big difference in my life and in my health. It's the same thing with this word repentance. If I begin to understand this function versus foundation, and I'll really begin to understand the principles behind this word repentance, it'll completely change the way I think about my life. It'll completely change the way I think about sin. It'll completely change the way I think about a lot of different things. Now, how does it change the way I think about sin? Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Think differently. We have to remember the people that he's talking to. He's talking to people who were under the old covenant. He's talking to people who believed and, and probably valued the law. As he was preaching and teaching, he had a lot of people, a, a wide audience that he was dealing with. And that was probably a big part of it. And part of Jesus coming on the scene was helping them understand, listen, this isn't going to play out like you think it is. There's something new and there's something different for you. And it's only found in him. It's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. And if I'm going to understand what it means to follow Jesus, I may have to take some of my old mentality and I may have to chunk it and begin to learn to think differently. If I want to think differently, I have to begin to look at Jesus and take out all of the predispositions that the world around me may have put in my mind, even maybe some things that the church has taught me that just weren't as right as I thought they were, or maybe as right as they thought they were, and choose to start with a clean slate and ask Jesus, transform my mind and help me to think differently. I want to think differently. I want to think the way that Jesus has called me to think and called me to understand how to follow him. I think a tension that many of us struggle with in our lives when we talk about foundation versus function is this, that for many of us, we're wired not to care as much about the foundation. We're wired to care about the function. I mean, there are tons of evidence in our culture, but one of the places that we can find this is in our diet. When we talk about living healthy, when we talk about weight loss, 
there's a ton of different things out there that tell you exactly how to drop 50 pounds or drop 30 pounds, but it's a functional fix. It's this is what you can do to lose this weight. The problem is, is it doesn't change the way we think. It doesn't change the way we think about food. I'll tell you personally, I've struggled with weight most of my life and I am a weight fluctuator. Um, not the diarrhea kind of flux, but the other kind of flux. I go up and down, right? A lot. And it's been a struggle for me. I tend to fluctuate about 20 to 30 pounds on a regular basis. And it's not healthy. It's not good. But I've really worked hard in the last year to get it a little bit under control. I lost about 55, almost 60 pounds last year. Um, and I've gained about 20 of it back. But I've stayed pretty locked into that weight. I'm working soon to take that weight back off that I gained, but I've worked really hard to really begin to understand, to think about my food differently, to think about it a little bit differently. Now, do I struggle with it? Yes, because at the end of the day, I love to eat. I love to cook. I love everything that's involved with food, but I've begun to understand I don't just need to know how to drop weight. I need to know how to maintain a healthy food lifestyle. Now, there are challenges to that because it requires me to think differently. It requires me to forget that I've got a Dairy Queen about 30 seconds from my house, which is not helpful. I think if we moved, our rent would go up, but my weight would go down. It's just too easy when it's right here. But we, we have to learn to think differently about what we want to accomplish and what we want to do. We have to begin to think about it at a foundational level. And this is so important for us to wrap our brain around and understand that we're wired as Americans for function. Just tell me what I need to do. Just tell me what I need to do to save money or just tell me what I need to do to get out of debt. And oftentimes we don't ask the foundational questions of what needs to change in me for me to fully embrace this shift that I want to experience. And these challenges are, are hard. They require us to, to look a little bit deeper on the inside of who we are and, and choose to acknowledge that there's some brokenness in us. There's some things that we think about that aren't the healthiest. There's some things that we do that aren't the healthiest. But if we want to choose foundational, long-lasting changes and not just functional, short-term changes that may give us results we want for a minute, but ultimately don't give us long-lasting change, then we have to choose to think differently. And this is a part of every aspect of our life. This includes our relationship with Jesus. This includes our health. This includes our finances. This includes our relationships with other people. We have to choose to take a foundational look at ourselves and ask what's good, what's bad, what's broken, what needs to shift, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and shape how we think in all of those areas. Next week, we're going to continue this discussion on how to think differently. We're actually going to look at the passage right before Jesus begins preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're going to be looking at the story of the temptations of Jesus and begin to unbox those from this perspective of thinking differently. I can't wait to jump into those things. We'll talk about them next week. Until then, thanks so much for watching the Andy McMillan Podcast. Mm -hmm.